Hey guys, welcome to the Fahim Mujahid podcast. I'm your host, Fahim Mujahid. I'm a mental conditioning and human performance coach, but more than that, I'm a father, husband, family member, and friend who draws a lot of inspiration and passion from pouring into other people. Listen, I've been on this journey of self-evolution myself, and I find that with each opportunity, if one's passionate enough, you can find ways to not only enrich the lives of others, but find your way to your true north. I find so much inspiration from growing and learning and doing whatever I can to expose my own wounds so that we can collectively heal together. What I want for this podcast is an opportunity for me to use it as my offering to shifting the energy, the focus, the consciousness of the world that we're all experiencing, the world that we're all living in. It's a place that I want to grow with you so that we can all grow and become the best versions of ourselves. Welcome on. So lately there's been a ton of breakthroughs, like a ton of breakthroughs from professional coaches to collegiate players to just clients. You know, there's been a lot of I don't know, people just really just opening up and sharing and pouring in emotionally. And there's been tears of joy, tears of sorrow, pain. Um, I don't know, I I just feel like there's been a continuation of breakthroughs in the last seven to 10 days. So I just wanna, I don't know, I just felt it important to call that out prior to today's podcast. Um, I know sometimes as we're going through this journey of life and we're running into resistance and we're running into challenges, sometimes it can feel uh, very isolated. You can feel like it's uh, a personal attack against yourself. And sometimes just knowing that others are also going through their own journey, their own storms, um, it, it not only just kind of like spring everything back to its um, perspective, but it also, again, make you feel like you have other people that are also sharing the road. So for, for whatever it's worth, you never know who, who who out there listening to my voice needed to know that you're not alone in your struggle. You're not alone in your pain, your sorrow, or your excitement. Um, yeah, the journey continues. Um, so anyway, it's good, to, it's good to have you guys here for today's um, journey. Thank you for tuning in as always. You know who it is, Coach Fa, Fahim Mujahid. Um, so, so today I thought it'd be interesting to talk about um, something that I call or something that's called um, internal training. Now you could substitute training for internal or in, I'm sorry, not internal, intentional training for intentional experiencing, um, intentional um, conversations, intentional, anything that you want to really crowd in as much richness from that experience that you want. Right. Because I I find a lot of times what ends up happening, especially with athletes, is we get into this space where we're just we're just going through the routines that the coach wants to put us through. Right. We're not we're not completely checked out, but we're not all the way. We're not really dialed in. You know, we're just trying to get through another another bout of practice until that until we can prepare for the game. But the thing about it is. You know, a lot of times what, what we're finding now, especially as things are starting to level themselves out as far as leveling the playing field, collegiately and professionally, you know, we all have, every team, every player has the same allotted amount of time, right? There's only a certain amount of time that you could be on the field. There's only a certain amount of time that you could be on the court. You know, you name it, everything is, mic- is, is down in 
and it's organized all the way to the microsecond, right? So, and I see it where coaches and teams struggle with, okay, well, how do we gain the advantage, right? How do we gain the advantage to make sure that our athletes, our coaching staff, are at a peak level of being able to go out there and execute when we know that um, the opponents that we're going against are wrestling with the same parameters. It's not like you can outwork someone as far as adding more time, right? Or saying, hey, we're gonna just practice an hour and a half longer so that we can get an hour and a half worth of value, additional value from this session. Now you have to stick to the same parameters that are passed down through whether it be the NCAA or, or the Professional League Association, right? So then it becomes, how do you make sure that you're truly um, taking advantage of the time that you do have with your players, the time that you do have um, with your coaches? And I think it's, it's up to the, you know, it's up to the, you know, everyone, you know, everyone takes, takes their cues from leadership, right? Um, how, a, how a coach carries himself, the words he or she uses, um, the core values that he or she believes in, um, begin to mirror themselves in the culture and the philosophy and in the mythology and the mindset of the team. So I think it's so important, you know, when you're working on or when you're thinking about how do you expand the opportunity for enrichment, given the fact that we have the same amount of hours as everyone else in the league, then that desire to want to improve and to become more intentional in that training has system from the top. So I've been blessed in to work with um, some of the best human beings that happen to be coaches um, that in, innately came with that internal knowing how of how important it was to not only prioritize the, the importance of psychology and in, in, as it relates to establishing a winning culture and, and helping players tap into the greatest potential, um, but they came with a certain level of key insight already within themselves to know that, hey, you know what? I need to try to see if we can find a way to gain a more winning advantage given the fact that given the fact that we're working through these parameters. And I love that. Like I, I love being able I love being able to be called to meet a challenge. So I say that to say, you know, the first place to begin with any program, to begin with yourself at home, if you're at home and you're trying to find ways to create more value and to take more um, value away from your work experience or your work environment. And even if it's not a dream job, even if it's just a bridge job, you still want to make sure that you're taking as much as you can from that experience. I've had different points throughout my life where I know that whatever I was doing at that moment, I was only going to do it for a, for a certain amount of time. And sometimes having that attitude limits or restricts the value of what you can take from that experience. But if you're not like me and you're thinking a little bit wiser than I was at those moments in time and wherever you are, whether it be long term or short term, you're starting to ask yourself the question of, okay, well, how can I really make sure that I'm pulling as much value as I can from this experience? You know, how can I make sure that when I'm showing up, I'm fully showing up and I'm not just going through the motions? You know, Fahim, how can I how can I find a way to be intentional about developing a practice that speaks to me in that way? So I get that. So that's what today's journey is all about helping giving you guys a little bit of context as to these are the things that I would do if you are looking to 
truly enrich whatever that experience was or is, whatever that training session is, whatever that job is, whatever that relationship, you know, being more intentional um, with intentional training is a powerful resource for doing that. So this is something that the team and I worked on. Um, so I want to share a quote before we get into that. I'm a big believer in quotes. I love quotes. I love words. Um, so the quote for today, the quality and efficiency of your training is the biggest determination of your process. The quality and efficiency of your training is the biggest determination of your progress and anything and the church says, amen. I 100% agree. It's not enough to show up. You know, you hear so many people say, oh, just showing up is half the battle. Showing up is very, very important. But you know what, that quality, right? And that efficiency doesn't find itself in your program or your training. I don't care how, how, how often and how consistent you show up. You gotta make sure you pay attention to those two areas as well. So the quality and the efficiency of your training is the biggest determination for your progress. I love that. All right, so intentional training. All right, so here we go. So how is defined intentional, intentional training um, it's training with improvement in mind. It's not just turning up to train or training. It's not just training hard. It's training with a series of goals in mind. By having your training um, outlined in the forefront of your mind, it's training to improve weaknesses and maximize um, strengths. It's not necessarily training for perfection, but it's training for excellence. So that's essentially what it is, right? So we're not looking to, I'm not building a perfect recipe of, all right, hey guys, apply this and you'll train perfectly or apply this at work and you'll perform perfectly. All this is, is giving you guys um, the four elements of intentional training, intentional experiencing, intentional practice, put whatever word you wanna put with that, but just the four key points that allows you to be able to access it, okay? And again, it's not it's not for perfection. I'm not trying to get you guys to be perfect. What we're trying to do is all we're trying to do is turn that experience into not just an experience you're looking at from the standpoint of applying more effort, but you're looking at it through the lens of having a series of goals in mind, having something that you intentionally want to focus your intention to and having something that you really want to make sure that you're highlighting your weaknesses while at the same time maximizing those strengths of yours so it's it's training but it's in or it's experiencing it's working but it's working with um it's working with the overall outcome in mind but making sure that you're really maximizing that time that you're going to spend in that moment in that space right so the four points of being able to take whatever experience that you're having and shift it into that of more intention. The first thing is you have to make it interesting. Right now, I can't get credit for this. This is something that I came across in a piece of literature. Next time I do a better job finding which book it was, because at this moment in time, I can't remember it. So the first thing is interesting. You have to make it interesting, right? I mean, I remember so many times being on the field and a coach would tell me to run a certain route or do a certain play. And, you know, I would, I would do it just because I was called to do it. But to be honest, I'm not really sure I held much interest in in it majority of the time. And whether it was because I knew I wasn't going to run that route during the game, whether it was because I, I knew I had a quarterback that could make that play during the game. So, you know, a lot of times I didn't really 
I really didn't factor in the level of interest in what the coach was sharing or saying at that moment to see how it would impact not only what I took away from the experience, but also the quality of the experience. Right. So you have to make sure whatever it is that you're trying to do, whatever it is that you want to excel at, you have to make sure that it holds your attention and it's allowing you to kind of like observe what's happening, like truly observe what's happening. Right. So, you know, I often say that the interest, the level of interest turns up the volume of your focus. So if you're intrigued by something, chances are you're going to be it's going to be easier for you to tap into that level, that high level of focus, right? So keep in mind, the brain is constantly scanning the training environment for things to lock onto, right? So if you're at work, your brain is constantly, constantly scanning the environment to find things to lock onto. So use that to your benefit. Try to find things around you to help you really isolate and really maximize your ability to be able to focus. And there's been times where I've been in experiences and I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm not going to find, I'm not going to find this thing, this part of practice interesting, no, no matter what I do. I don't like this coach. I don't like what he's saying for whatever reason. Let's just say if this is a skill, a skill coach who's delivering something that I'm not resonating with. A lot of times what I do is I, I span out and I go from that experience and I start seeing what else I can focus on and kind of draw my awareness or draw my focus back to that experience whether it be the grass, whether it be the weather, whether it be what I'm wearing, whether it be the player next to me, whether it be what the coach is, how the coach is standing, what the coach is saying, right? So it's up to you to make sure that you find ways, right? To dial up, to dial up your focus. And the way that you do that is being intentional about making sure that it's interesting or that you're finding elements of it that are interesting, right? So tip one for that, for interesting, you must find what you're working on significant to your game in order to focus your full attention on it. All right. You must find whatever it is that you're working on significant enough that it has some real, some real time, real, real time effects on your game in order for you to focus your full attention on it. So if you're doing something at work and it really doesn't feel like it has any bearing on the outcome of the work that you're there or that you're called to do. Chances are you're not going to be interested in it. And you're damn sure not going to be focused. So spend some time in making sure that, again, the first step is whatever that you're trying to connect your interest to, make sure that you feel as if it has a significant impact or it plays a role um, in the overall outcome of, of the game or of your quality that you want. The second element, intense. Intense, right? So a lot of times when we think about intensity, we think that it just applies to working hard, right? But intensity is also the quality of work. So as I like to say, intensity requires a player constantly looking or searching for excellence, right? Shaping your idea of what you want to execute, going over the script, going over the elements that you want to take away or take into each practice, going into that practice with excellence in mind. It's an excellence, not perfection, right? So it says when you put your brain effort, focus effort into your training, you lose up a lot of glucose, right? Intentional training depletes your glucose and sugars that keep you concentrated to stay alert. All right, we get that. So physically, you should feel tired after practice, but you should also feel extremely mentally fatigued. And again, the reason why you should feel mentally fatigued is because if you're applying the focused effort that we're supposed to be applying at a high level, 
if you're bringing that intensity, and again, not just through hard work, but through the quality of the work, then you should be filling up or you should be depleting that glucose system, which in response should make you feel a little bit fatigued mentally after practice. So if you're feeling physically depleted after practice, but mentally you feel sharp and ready to go, chances are you were probably going through the motions, which is, again, it's no, I get it. I've been there, I've done that. But if you're trying to be great, if you're trying to excel, if you're trying to get that 1% better, then you have to start asking yourself, what can I do to incorporate more intensity? So here's a tip for intensity. If you're working on your movement, for example, if you're working on um, a project at work, find space to really, truly take in everything that you're reading or every movement that you're experiencing. Like really lock into that experience, where you are in the room, which side of the desk you're using, if it's on the field, where you are in the field, if it's a court, where you are in a court. Right, really take in, like bring in all the elements in that moment. Really intensify not only the quality of your work, but the quality of your focus. All right, the third point, it has to be internalized. It has to be internalized, right? You have to be able to judge what you're doing. But in small pockets of time, right? So I always say that if this practice, allocate those moments throughout practice that you're gonna really just try to internalize the objective that you had going into practice, whether it was, hey, I, I wanna I wanna practice fast today. I wanna outrun everyone today. I wanna stay balanced, I wanna feel in control all day today. Right? Make sure that you find those moments throughout practice where you can build in those small pockets of time to ask yourself how well are you executing on those goals. Right? Make sure you're internalizing those objectives. You're not just coming out to practice with these things in mind and then as soon as the whistle blows, you forget them. Like, evaluate it. And if you can be intentional about saying, okay, I know we usually take a water break around this time, and although I usually spend that time talking to my, my teammates, I'm gonna take one of those minutes, I'm gonna go through um, utilizing that time for a pocket of time to evaluate, to evaluate how I'm applying myself in this moment. And here's what you wanna ask yourself. Can I be better? Can I do this with greater intensity, greater focus? Am I maintaining focus and interest? Can I stretch myself a little bit more? Those are the questions you want to come back to when you're finding those pockets of time because you want to make sure again, what's the point of, of doing of being of having an interesting, being intense if you're not going to internalize it? So you want to make sure you can internalize it. Alright? The last thing is integrate it. Integrate it. So are you listening to what coaches are giving you as feedback? Are you hearing and dialing in what the coach has to say? Right? Are you big and are you bold enough to hear what your teammates have to say? And that's a big one, right? Because the ego is the ego is real and it's always turned on. The ego is the, is the ultimate hype fan. And sometimes the hardest thing to do is to take feedback, loving criticism from teammates. Especially if the foundation wasn't originally set prior to the season that established that level of trust, that established that level of um, criticism out of love. A lot of times when you take that feedback from your teammates, if that's not at, on a foundational level, if that's not on, in place, no matter what your teammate may say, you may just be like, man, get the fuck out of here. You know, like it, you, may not, it, you may not allow it to resonate. 
because that ego may see that as a potential threat. Again, as human beings, we're naturally, psychologically, we're wired to see any any moment of the potential stress, resistance, right? So anything that brings up that alert or brings up or triggers that, that thought pattern, then automatically we go to our defensive stance. Automatically that ego shuts on. So a lot of times we expect to get that feedback from coaches, but if you're not creating, if, if from a cultural level, on a cultural level, if the coach or the team hasn't done a really good job prioritizing the importance of making sure that this is an environment that we're all, that we all can be intentional about how we're helping each other pour in to be the best versions of ourselves so that this club can get to where we want it to get to. And anything that's seen, and we're not doing that work, and anything that's seen as criticism is automatically defenses go locked up and we get defensive and we don't grow from that, then that's going to be a problem. And I think what you'll find is that a lot of those successful corporations, teams, structures, what the one thing that they do consistently is making sure that they're creating a culture that has love out of criticism, criticism out of love. So are you big and bold enough to hear what your teammates have to tell you about your game? Right, so feedback is a learning fundamental because you can't see yourself trade. That's a big thing. Feedback is a learning, fun, a learning, um, a learning tool because you can't see yourself trade. That's true. You know, you can't see yourself train. You can't see yourself in a work environment unless you're walking around with a mirror all the time. I live in Miami, so very well maybe a possibility. Um, but for the most part, you can't see yourself. Right, so you're going to need to get that feedback. You're going to need to get that feedback from somebody. So the first thing you have to do is, you know, you have to check your ego at the door and, and maybe find those support groups that you have, those people that you have um, on your team or in your work environment that can also commit to not only lovingly giving loving criticism, but also can also receive criticism out of love too, right? It's a two-way street. So find your tribe. And the last thing is you must integrate your training or you may, whether it's your workforce or whether it, whatever it is you're doing, you must integrate it from the aspect of the feedback that you get from others. Most importantly, your coaches, ownership, management. So what's the, what's the importance, what's the value of feedback if you're not gonna integrate it? And I'm not saying so far, does this mean that anything that someone tells me, I should just take it hook, hook line and sinker? Just ask yourself, does that sound like something Fah would tell you to do? No, I'm not telling you to do that. Obviously, take it through your filter, see if it resonates, and if it doesn't, don't apply, right? But for the most part, again, on the foundational level, if you build a community or an environment where you know that that criticism is coming because that person wants to see you at your best so this team can operate at its best, then chances are you won't necessarily, you won't have to spend nowhere near the time, amount of time, committing yourself to the practice of analyzing and filtering the feedback that's coming from people on your team because you know they have your best interests at heart, right? So here's the two, the two tips I would give you as far as integration. The first one would be enjoy criticism and correction. Enjoy it. Seek it out. Seek it out, right? Don't fall for the pump fake. No, one's, no one out here is perfect. And here's, and here's the thing. You can't accomplish mastery. It's impossible without metrics, without, without measurables, right? So allow the people... Um, especially your coaches, most importantly your coaches, to be those feedback loops for you so that you can really enrich and improve your integration. And the second thing I would say is that your trajectory as 
football player, soccer player, basketball player, baseball player, CEO, entrepreneur, doesn't matter. Your trajectory depends on the knowledge and wisdom that honestly, that, that, you know, so the trajectory depends on the knowledge and wisdom, the honesty and communication of others. I'll say it again, since I botched it. Your trajectory, no matter what it is that you're doing, no matter what you wanna excel at, no matter how much you love what you do and how much you wanna impact the world through what you're doing, your trajectory depends largely on the knowledge, wisdom, and honesty and communication of others. And why do I say that? I say that because one thing that I'm always mindful of in any of my players, any of my clients to tell you is feedback. Because my goal, so my goal, I have big, big goals, right? Like I, I wanna, you know, for me it's like, okay, Im- impact the world, right? So if you're not getting feedback from the people that you're sharing the road with, you're, you're sharing the journey with, then all I'm, all I'm doing is trying to improve upon the things that I think need to be improved upon, but I'm not allowing myself um, the feedback or incorporating the feedback of those people who, who have worked with me, who work with me now and who care about me enough and know the vision that I have to give me the feedback so I can get better. So your trajectory, just think, just let that sit in for a minute, let that settle. Your trajectory depends on the knowledge, wisdom, and honesty of communication of others. So do you have, um, are you surrounded by a ton of yes men and women? Or do you have people in your life that you can trust that'll give you the feedback that's needed so that you can always look for opportunities to improve? So the four key takeaways from intentional training, and again, that could be intentional anything, is first, it has to be interesting. Second, it has to be intense. And again, we're not just talking about physical intensity. Third, you have to be able to internalize it. And then the last one, you have to integrate it. So the team and I worked on these four pillars of intentional training and um, the response was powerful, it was well received. And you know, I, I think it's something that I intentionally create space for throughout my day all the time to incorporate it because I think it's, it's just that important. Um, what I would encourage you to do at home is see, see, it, see how it works for you, right? Present it in whatever space that you want, whatever space that you're going through, whatever space you wanna get better at, whatever space you wanna grow and, and really excel at. See if you can use the structure for intentional training and, and, by, and by applying that, just merely applying that um, to, to that area that you wanna improve upon, see if it makes a difference, you know? Greatness isn't an accident. So anyway, guys, there it goes. So that's our topic. That's our uh, topic for today. Um, Thank you for tuning in. I hope it's helpful. I hope you guys apply it. Um, Yeah. See ball, think ball.